Hey, welcome. That, did I just get a woo? Thank you. It's for the Lord, really. It's for the Lord. And um, I was just asked, what is a pet peeve? What a great question. I should have explained. What is something that just really annoys you, winds you up? Come on, this is group therapy. Shout it out. Oh, fire alarms. Yeah, I can totally understand why that would annoy you. Yeah. So what? Yes, I'd listen, I don't know what that is, but I can imagine that's really annoying. Tom, chewing loudly, kind of hearing amen, any more, Jan? Bad, right. Jan, we are going to be friends, because guess what, it's top of my list, tailgaters. Tailgate, you know what tailgating is? You know people that just drive really close behind the car in front? You, if you're a tailgater, you deserve serious punishment. You need to be saved by the blood of Jesus. Anything else that annoys you? Middle lane hoggers. Yeah, yeah, you got a friend there. Middle lane hoggers anymore, Linda? Husband leaves the toilet seat up, man. Any more for any more, Kevy? People moving slowly. So annoying, isn't it? Just pick up the pace. Totally. Should we just stay here all day and do this? This is feeling good. I'm so glad that I'm not the only one that gets annoyed. Okay, let's have two more. Two more. Any more? Any more? Yeah. Noisy eaters. Another hater of the noisy eater. And one last one. Coughing. You're not a fan of coughing. Right. Hold your coughs in for the next half an hour. I want no coughing. I want no noisy eating. Michael. We're going to move swiftly on. If you missed that. Michael. Bless you. We'll have words later. He said women annoy him. (laughs) We'll just let that one land. It's all right. Jesus died for your sins, Michael, so he loves you too. Don't worry about it. Can I, um, can I just get my frustrations out? Because this is the only reason I actually asked this question. Other than tailgating, loud eaters was another one. Um, but my biggest one. Ooh. Oh, I've not put the windshieldy thing on, which means that I breathe really loudly. Sorry, (laughs) sorry. Okay, we'll get started. The thing that really winds me up is when people pronounce my name wrong. Oh, she's coming for you today. My name is Lois. Four letters, two syllables, but about a thousand and one variations of pronunciation, apparently. Lois. Say it with me. Lois. Goodness me, this is weird. I feel (laughs) this has become all about me. (laughs) This is awful. Okay, what I need to say is I totally forgive you if you say my name differently because of accent or dialect. That's absolutely fine. I love hearing different variations like that. But what I get a lot of is Louise, Louisa. I've had Eloise. Just shoved an extra E on the front of my name. Um, I get Lois a lot. Which, is that a Welsh thing, Caroline? Is that very Welsh? Never heard of it. Never heard of it. I get Lois quite a lot. Um, but the worst of the worst of the worst 
is that lots of people like to call me Lewis. Lewis is one that I get a lot and I graciously smile and say, it's Lewis. Um, but I get it because a few months ago, I don't know if Charlie's here, no, I don't think Charlie's here, I'm, I met Charlie for the first time um, and introduced myself and I went, hi, nice to meet you, I'm Lewis. And then I was like, I'm not Lewis, I'm Lois, and I don't know why, it's just tumbled out of my mouth. So I need you to know you're forgiven. If you've ever called me Lewis, you are actually forgiven, because I realise now sometimes it just comes out, and that's okay. Um, I'm telling you all about my name because I am taking the great pleasure of preaching today about someone called Lois. Now, sometimes people don't recognise my name or don't know how to pronounce it because they've never heard of it before. But some people have heard of it for different cultural references and reasons. Maybe you're like, yeah, Lois, as in Superman, Lois Lane. Anyone heard of Lois Lane? Yeah, some of you are like, yeah, that's how I know Lois. Um, some other people like to say, oh, Lois, like family guy. And at that point, quite often, what I get is, Lois, Lois, mom, mom, mommy, mommy, Lois. The first time this happened, I looked at that person like, honey, I ain't your mommy. I do not know what this is, and then I realize it's a program. If you're like, what, it's a TV program, and there's a woman called Lois, and they say this thing to her. Um, so sometimes you get that cultural reference, or sometimes you get people that go, oh, like Lois in the Bible. But honestly, that's like one in a million people that say that, because not many people know that there is someone in the Bible called Lois. And so today, I'm going to wrap up our Hidden Figures series if you're like, what's that? Then don't worry. We have been in a series for the last couple of months where we have been looking at people in the Bible who had a small mention but had a huge impact. We have looked at the stories of people like Gideon, of Tabitha, of Anna, of Lydia, and of Simon of Cyrene. And I want to just take a moment to thank um, David, Justine, Kemi, Tom, Di. Have I missed anyone? I think that is everyone, um, for those outstanding messages. Some of them have never preached before on this stage. For some of them, it was like first time in a long time. They have been absolutely outstanding. And do you know what they have done? They've refreshed my faith. They've encouraged me to look in the Bible with eyes of faith about like, who are these people that might not have had a big mention, but have had a huge impact. And if you've not been part of us for the last few weeks, or if you've missed any of them, let me encourage you to go on YouTube and catch up on those messages. But can I also encourage you to keep looking in your Bible and keep learning about these people who might have only had one mention or a small story, but had a huge part to play in our story. And that is who we're going to be talking about today, Daniel, Lois and Eunice. And listen, I never thought there'd be a day when I could preach on myself um, and I'm not going to preach on myself because I wouldn't have very much to say, but we're going to preach on Lois from the Bible um, and at first I was like, this is going to be a two and a half minute message because there's literally one verse about Lois. So what on earth we're going to learn, I don't know, but we'll trust in the Lord and let him help us. If you've got a Bible, a paper one, you're going to flip all the way to the back because we're in a book called 2 Timothy. If you've not got a Bible, then don't worry. Did you know that you can get free access to the Bible anytime on your phone, which I don't have? 
Um, there's loads of free Bible apps. I use one called YouVersion, which is a great tool to help you studying and learning the Bible a bit more in your own time. But if you've not got that either, don't worry, because it's going to come up behind us. It's in a book called 2 Timothy. Now, if you didn't know, the Bible is a book of books, like a library. That's what it means. We're in a book called 2 Timothy, which is a letter written to Timothy. Very confusing. So this is what Paul is saying to Timothy in 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verse 5 and 6. I remember your genuine faith. For you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I know that that same faith continues strong in you. So here she is, Lois and her family. Let me just um, get... Oh, no. Oh, someone grab me my baby, Lois. Thank you. Okay. Does anyone know what these are? Well, they're actually decapitated at the moment, so let me just... Make them a little bit more, um, bit more civilized. Did anyone have these when they were growing up? Yeah, little Russian dolls. How lovely is that? Little babushkas. Okay, this is my little... Oh, for goodness sake, honestly. Stay. Thank you. Right, here we go. This is the family of Lois. We've got grandmother Lois. And then it shows us in the verse, Lois's daughter was Eunice. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And then we've got Timothy. So Timothy, you might have heard of before, because not as he got one book named after him, he's got two books in the Bible named after him. Timothy um, was a church planter. He was a young leader. He was a pretty influential guy. But we don't usually hear about his mother, Eunice, and his grandmother, Lois. So we're going to get to know them a little bit now. Now, what do we know about Lois, other than the fact she's got a great name? And I don't reckon people ever called her Lois, just, just to get that one out there. I don't know what it is in Hebrew. Maybe they did. I don't know. And um, What do we know about Lois? Lois was, as it says in this verse, in verse 5, it says, you share the faith. Next slide. It says, you share the faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois. So Lois was a first generation believer. If I had enough babushka dolls, I'd have done great my grandmother and great, great, great grandmother, but I didn't. Sorry about that. So just use your imagination. Anyone beyond Lois, anyone before Lois didn't have a faith, didn't believe, didn't know Jesus as their personal Lord. But it says here that, that Timothy shared the faith that first lived in your grandmother, Lois. So Lois was a first-generation believer. That meant that she didn't grow up in a Christian home. It meant that she didn't go to Sunday school or to synagogue growing up. It meant that she didn't have parents who prayed for her. It meant that she probably didn't have a family who believed or who would encourage her to explore her faith. It meant that she didn't find God through tradition or heritage, but actually she booked the tradition of her ancestry and of her history by making a decision to follow Jesus. She was a first-generation believer. Do we have any first-generation Christians in here? Loads of you. Loads of you who, like, before, there's just no relationship with Jesus, but you were one of the first people to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, then maybe you know that at times... 
you've had to experience awkward conversations with family members who maybe just didn't understand it. Maybe you've known what it's been like to make difficult decisions about your future because you've changed your life by being the first one to know Jesus. Maybe you will know, a bit like Lois, of the sacrifices that she made, of the tension maybe that there was between her and siblings or family because she's chosen to live differently. Maybe you will know the prayers and the tears that Lois will have cried for the rest of her family, desperate for them to know Jesus. Lois was a first-generation believer, and that decision that she made about her faith had a ripple effect for the generations to come. Because you know that the decisions that we make about our lives, they don't just affect us. The decisions that we make about what we believe in and who we will put our hope in don't just impact us, but they have a ripple effect on the people around us. For Lois, it had a ripple effect on the generations that came after her, after her, on her daughter and on her grandson. For us, maybe you don't have children, but the decisions you make about your life have a ripple effect to the community, to the colleagues, to the friends, to the siblings around you. Lois's faith was a faith that transformed the generations of her family forever. And her faith inspires me. It encourages me. It challenges me. I'm like, whoa, I want a faith that changes the trajectory of my family forever. And what did that faith look like? Her faith um, is described in different translations of the Bible with different words. So some translations call it honest faith. Some call it sincere faith. Some call it true faith. And most translations call it genuine faith. So Lois, as a first-generation believer who was navigating it all on her own, is described in the history books as someone who didn't just have faith, but had a genuine faith. So what does that genuine faith look like? Because no matter which word you describe for it, it sounds to me like it's more than just a come on church to a Sunday. Come on church to a Sunday? Come on Sunday to a church? Is that one right? Yes, come on. Ah, oh, you know what I mean. It's more than that kind of faith. It's a genuine faith. This is what genuine faith looks like. Genuine faith stands firm, it runs deep, and it is lived out. Genuine faith stands firm because I believe that Lois's faith wouldn't have just been um, based on the good times. I don't reckon Lois only trusted God when things were looking up. I believe that Lois would have trusted God in the good, the bad, and the ugly. And let me tell you, for a woman who has chosen to be a first-generation believer, there will have been a lot of bad and ugly in her life. But Lois is someone who stood through with her faith, stood through the tests and trials, and stood firm. That's what genuine faith looked like. And maybe she had family and friends saying to her, why have you chosen the Jesus way? She stood firm in her genuine faith. That was just for anyone who was asleep. <laughs> There'll be more of that to come. Um, genuine faith also runs deep. Do you know, like, as I've been thinking about it, I realize how privileged I am because I've got access to um, like Bible plans and study guides and Bibles and people and teachers and leaders and YouTube videos. But Lois would have had a none of that. 
That means that for Lois to develop a genuine faith, do you know what she'll have had to have done? Dig deep. She will have had to have spent time in her own time, in her own place, calling out to God, learning about God, speaking to God, listening to God. It would have been a faith that runs deep, that she nurtured and she developed. No, do you want me to do this? Shall I do this? Oh, I haven't got the biceps to do that. No, shall I leave it? I'll leave it. It will have been a faith that wasn't just reliant on, sorry, shall I? I'm having very weird signals being thrown at me. Yes, that way. Oh, use a handheld. With pleasure. Shall I go two mics? Nobody needs two, Lois's. Shall I turn, turn this one off? Sorry about this, everyone. Dun, 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 dun. If I knew I was using this one, I would have done my hair all nice. Okay, there we go. Is that better? Good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who we're applauding, but yeah. Amen. Let's go back to it. Lois's faith ran deep. She will have had to have dug deep. She will have had to have spent time on her own, in her own time, crying out to God as she got to know him. It will have been a faith that wasn't just dependent on coming to church on Sunday for a top-up. She will have been filling her faith levels up when nobody else could see it because her faith was genuine. That's what genuine faith looks like. And genuine faith will have been lived out. I don't reckon that there's a chance that Lois's faith was recorded in history if it was just an internal faith. I believe that Lois's faith would have been shining through in every decision that she made, in every conversation that she had, in every interaction that she had, that her faith was so genuine that people could look at her from afar, could see the way that she was living her life and go, wow, there is some faith inside of that woman. That's the kind of faith that goes down in the history books. That is genuine faith. A faith that stands firm. <laughs> A faith that runs deep. A faith that lives out. Unfortunately, due to technical issues, the next six minutes of audio was lost during the recording of this preach, which means there is a jump in time during this message. Apologies for the inconvenience. Eunice knew that she couldn't ride on the coattails of Lois's decision. She had to make a decision for herself. You know, when you're raised in a Christian home, like maybe some of you are, it can be easy to come to church out of habit, out of just the routine of that's what we do on a Sunday. I need to see my grandparents. They'll be there on a Sunday. But you know, Jesus wants more from you than just a habit. Jesus wants a personal relationship with you. So let me challenge you today. If you are someone who's been coming to church for a long time, I believe that maybe someone in here feels like they've been going through the motions of church for a while. Today, Jesus wants you to know he wants a personal relationship with you. He wants to know you intimately. He might already know the rest of your family, and maybe you're feeling an element of, but my family all think that I know Jesus already. It can carry a pressure that comes with it, but Eunice made a decision for herself to follow Jesus. Jesus wants a personal relationship with you today. We're going to wrap up in a second because it's been a hoot, hasn't it? 
last 25 minutes. What a roller coaster. I just wanted to say the last thing, though, that um, has been on my mind as I've studied Lois and Eunice, and it's that there's no mention of their fellas. No mention of a, a hubby or a boy. <laughs> and it might well be that for Lois, she was widowed young. But for Eunice, there actually is a mention somewhere else in the Bible. It's in Acts chapter 16, verse 1, and it says this. I might need some help with the pronunciation, because this is what I say. Paul went first to Derby. Dad, would that have been Derby? No. No, yeah, that one. And then he went to Lystra? Yeah. Lystra? Okay. Where there was a young disciple named Timothy. His mother was a Jewish believer. But his father was a Greek. There is a lot to be said in the word but in that sentence. Why was Timothy's mother described by her faith and by her religion, but her father, his father, was described by his ethnicity? The word but suggests that Eunice and her husband, or fella, Timothy's dad, didn't share the same faith. It suggests that actually... Lois, um, that Eunice was walking the Christian life or the Jewish life alone. And as I've been thinking about that, I've been thinking about the weight and the tension that there must have sometimes been for Eunice as she balanced the commitment to her faith and the commitment to her marriage. I've been thinking about the weariness that she might have felt at times as she carried it alone, the desire to raise her child in the faith, but that wasn't shared by her husband. I've been thinking of maybe the sadness that she went through because she couldn't celebrate and share her faith with him. And I've been thinking about the tears that she might have cried as she prayed and longed for her husband to follow Jesus as well. And as I've been sitting in that this week, feel like maybe some of you know that feeling as well. Maybe your partner, your husband or your wife doesn't yet know Jesus, or maybe they just don't want anything to do with church right now. And all week I've been feeling like Jesus has been saying, I want you to just say, Jesus sees you. He sees the tears that you cry. He feels the weight that you're carrying. He sees and hears the prayers that you are praying for your loved one. Um, and today we want to pray for them as well. In fact, I'm going to ask the band to come and join me if that's all right. Now, who knows if this will go crackly as they get up. But if it does, we'll go with it. I've been thinking about the decision that Lois made as the first person in her family to ever decide to trust in God. And I've been thinking about the decision that Eunice made that wasn't yet shared by her husband. And I've been thinking about the decisions that we get to make today about the legacy that we will leave. I wonder if you just stand up with me if you're able. We're going to do what um, the Holy Spirit does best, which is speak to us going to listen to him. Mandy's going to start playing 
as we just listen and ask God, God, what do you want to say to me? Jesus, what can we learn about the decisions that Eunice made and about the legacy that Lois left?